Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Tonight I am talking on rescuing the perishing. We need to knit our families together. We need to learn how to control our tempers. And we need to to pray for husbands and wives and children and family members, all of them, aunts, uncles, and cousins, all of them, that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the answer for every one of us. He's the answer for you and your extended family. That is what your job is. Your job is not for pray for your husband or wife to come home and you stop there and you get so consumed that that becomes an idol. And then you start sinning against God because you have put your marriage and your wife or husband before God. So we don't want any idols. We don't want us sinning against God. We want to grow in the Lord, and we want to pray for marriage restoration, a healthy marriage, healthy children, and that, and that we pray for all the family members. Because you know what? My mother and father-in-law were not too happy when I divorced Bob. And then I went and told them all that he had done. That wasn't good either. You know what? You think they deserve to know how bad it was, so I've got rights to divorce him. Would Jesus say that? Would Jesus do that? Well, no. Both of those, if you don't know the answer. And I want to tell you, I did it. And you want to tell everybody, all your family and friends, how bad your spouse was or is, or doing now. But what would Jesus say? He would say, rescue the perishing. Quit telling them all how bad it is. You should be praying for them. If you want to say anything to anybody, tell them to pray for your marriage. Pray for your children. Pray for lost loved ones. We need to keep focused and not believe the lies of the enemy. And the devil's lies is that we would speak all these garbage to our family and friends that does not help anybody. It destroys the character. And then they, I, for, I had forgiven Bob and God told me to forgive him. And all of a sudden, I, had, I went back and told them, I'm now praying for my marriage because I went to church and they had a restored marriage there and I didn't even know half the scriptures they were talking about. And I, I failed and I realized God was putting Holy Spirit conviction, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do that. But I went to them and I said, I know that you probably will never speak to me, but I'm going to tell you, I, I want you to know that there is... Um, I, I repent to you, and I've repented to Bob, and I want you to know that I am going to stand and pray for my husband forever, and that God has spoken so clearly to me that, um, that he is my husband, my one flesh, and I'm going to fight and pray 
for him not to marry other people. And if he marries the second, third, or fourth, it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay. I'm going to honor my wedding vows. And that's what my challenge is to you. Honor your wedding vows. You know, honor what God has spoken to us, you know, in the Bible. And let me just remind you what it says. Let me just share with Matthew uh, 19. We're going to start there. God is a God of forgiveness. But God is a God that he wants us to, to, to follow his word. As, and there are different, different circumstances. But let me read this. Verse 19, Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So the two became one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And Jesus, let me jump to verse 8. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. And the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. And Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those who have been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others are made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. You have a call on your life. When God speaks to you, and I said this at the beginning, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. I was so angry when I divorced Bob. I allowed anger, bitterness, and hatred. Then you can go down unbelief, doubt, hopelessness that God can do anything. But I'm telling you, I had a heart that was going to die in one year back 17 years ago. And I was in the ER and the Lord said, if you were to serve the doctors that I worked for for 25 years, do you want to serve them? Or do you want to quit your job and go into full-time ministry with the marriage ministry, which we had part-time? And I said, I will serve you, Lord. Then you've got to give your dismissal to your bosses that you've just had a 25th anniversary on. And they said, I said I'd be there for another 25 years, God willing. But they knew one thing. They knew I loved the Lord with all my heart. And they had seen me divorce my husband. They had seen me say how bad he was. And then they saw me go back in and repent to my bosses, many of them, there were 12 doctors, and say, uh, due to my lack of knowledge, due to my lack of wisdom of knowing the word of God from the beginning to the end, I sinned against God and divorced my husband. I didn't realize that I was one flesh. I didn't realize that the wedding vows I made for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health, till death to us part, I should have thought that meant me, the vow I made. So I want us to understand that when I gave my notice to them, I knew God had spoken to me like never before, never, never, never. 
And, but I want to tell you, I'm standing here now, 17 years later, and they did diagnose me after I got sicker and I kept getting sick and couldn't breathe. And I thought, man, I lost all my energy after I worked all of those 25 years. And I went to the doctor, called up and said, how are you having, how are you doing with your ministry? I said, I'm barely walking. And they said, well, come in, let us check you out. And I had cardiomyopathy and a lot of other diagnoses. And you're going to die in a year. Unless you have a heart transplant. Well, the Lord, I said, Lord, told me if I was going to die, well, I'm going to die, then I'm going to die, but I'm going to work for him. And I said, I believe my Lord can heal me or I'm going home with him. And I said, so I'm going to pray for a divine healing because I know God healed our marriage. So I'm going to believe he's going to heal my heart. He touched our hearts for marriage restoration. He can touch my heart for physical healing. Matthew 4, verse 23. And I read to you about how come follow me right above it. And God was calling me and calling you to be fishers of men. Now go to verse 23. Jesus went through Galilee and teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Depopolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. God is a God of miracles. And he's a God of miracles for your marriage. And it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It matters that you believe the truth and the word of God and that you will believe it. We don't want to put two together and hang by a thread. We want it to be better than it ever was. And it's not the devil's way. You've got to understand you are fighting the spiritual battle. And he just talked about it. But we need to pray. And when you see that news that you, I saw Sunday night, I want you to stand up and I want you to pray for others and not just turn and flip the station and go on. Shame on us. We that are prayer warriors and intercessors for our marriages and for families and loved ones we're around, we need to pray for others. And if you don't have a list, you need to start one. You need to start a prayer journal, and you need to put people down. And your life will change because you will start to see hearts and lives transformed. If somebody says, pray for my child, pray for them right then, but then let them know that you're going to be praying for them. And if you've got a child that's on drugs and you tell somebody tonight, pray for them, let's make that commitment. 
that you're going to pray for that spouse or that child that is on drugs, and they will be delivered. We have got to rescue the perishing. And you can't do it by yourself. You have to do it with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to do it with intercession, and you have to believe in his mighty power and believe that God can do anything. A woman asked me earlier, that what if my husband never thinks about me? What if he says, or, you know, she heard somebody else said that they never thought about them the whole time they were gone. Well, Bob was not that case. He called me up and talked to me a lot about what he was doing with all these other women, and we talked about that with somebody else. You know that. And I I said, God, why is he doing this? And you know what? He said, so you know how to pray against what's going on with him. Are you opening your ears? Are you choosing to love them unconditionally? Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 33. I'm not going to read about do not worry, but you can read do not worry tonight or tomorrow, verses 25 to 34. But verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. We must ask the Lord to change us first. There's a CD that I made that says, change me first. That came about five years, 10 years after I wrote and did change my spouse first. Because I was saying, please change my spouse. It's not about me. I'm perfect. And you all think you are too. Guess what? You're not, you know? And if you think you are perfect, you need to get the mirror and look at yourself and God will start to speak to you and tell you what you're doing wrong. Psalm 18. I want you to take responsibility for your own behavior, your own actions, your own thoughts. I know we're in a battle. I know the battle is in our mind. But you can take captive every thought and you go to to just what they said tonight, Philippians, one of the people said, Philippians 7, no, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, verse 9, or 8 or 9. But I want you to know that you can take captive in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, that you can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And we must take captive our thoughts where the devil says, let's get out of this. Forget it. And I'm not going to do this any longer. Let's just go to do this. Let's go do that. That's not right. That is allowing the devil to deceive you with the thoughts of your mind. You put your thoughts of your mind to be what the word says, what the truth says. And that says, verse Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave cold around me. The snares of death confronted me, but in my distress, I called to the Lord, and I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice 
and my cry came before him into his ears. And it goes on and on all about what happens. But he reached from on high, verse 16, took hold of me and drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me, verse 17, from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I've not done evil by turning away from God. All his laws are before me. I'm not turned away from his decrees. I've been blameless before him and kept myself from sin. The Lord's rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in sight. I'm going to cut there, read all of Psalm 18. But there is rewards for your holiness, your Christ-likeness, and you not living a double lifestyle. Not living in one way at home and living one way outside. You have to say the Lord knows everything about our hearts and we are to stand fast and firm and stand rooted in the word of God. And I'm going to say something else. You know what we need to do? We, I say, I challenge you to read the word of God daily. Well, I'm going to challenge you to do one thing else. I want you to read the word, and then i like you to study the word. And I've talked about it before, but I'm going to emphasize it through the holidays, because we are busy and we don't have time. And I challenge you to set your alarm clock at 30 minutes earlier. And I think it would take 30 minutes to really, to give God time to, to put him first in your life and first in your morning. And if you don't, a morning person, I can relate to that, that's me. But I then do it at bedtime. And I love my bedtime. I stay up an hour later than I planned because I don't do 30 minutes. I end up doing it for an hour. But I want you to study the word of God and learn up to turn and your reference in the middle. I have a reference cent cent um, center in the reference of all these different other scriptures you can go to. But you can do a, a, a Bible study. On, on marriage restoration, you can take any one of our devotionals and, and cross-reference those scriptures. Cross-reference them. You will go deeper, deeper, deeper into the Word of God and the power of God. And Psalm 18, do a cross-reference on that, and you will really realize the power of God. You can do it on anyone. Do Psalm 51, where David had committed adultery, committed murder, and do a cross-reference where he repented and turned his life around, and he was transformed and had a heart after God's heart. We need to understand that God is out there to rescue us from our sinfulness and our weaknesses, our failures, and he's there also. He is our deliverer. He is your spouse's, your wife's deliverer. We have to pray and pray 
for a breakthrough that the wife and the husbands and the children don't believe the lies. Is what we talked about last month. The lies of the enemy. But we don't want to fall in a trap that we don't have to read the Word, and we don't have to study the Word. We really don't need to know the Word. Well, that's a lie, because I am living proof of what it did to me and my marriage, because I listened to two people, and I, didn't, I took surveys. Take, stop taking surveys. Stop talking to all the people and get serious and talking to God and asking Him to give you a rhema word, to give you promises from God, and then write them down in a notebook and praise them and do those personalized prayers we have. Well, I want you to think that, you know, I want you to think that God is a God of miracles. Now, I'm going to give you a simple story that I had to share because two women and their dogs were rescued after five months adrift in the Pacific Ocean. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know their faith. I don't know anything at all. But I know that they had a food for a year, and, and it was oatmeal, but let me just say, that's what they said on TV. But I don't, I don't know if TV is true, so I'm not going to tell you that's right. But CNN wrote, two women from Hawaii were lost at sea for nearly five months, having been rescued by the U.S. Navy. Jennifer... And, and Tasha, and their two dogs were found Wednesday, a drifting 900 miles southwest, southeast of Japan, a Navy statement said. It was incredibly emotional. It was so satisfying to know the men and women that serve our country would come and assist us. And he says it was actually quite mind-blowing, incredibly humbling. Appel, um, which is Jennifer, said the situation prior to the rescue as very depressing and very hopeless. When I saw the great boat on the edge of the horizon, my heart leaped because I knew we were about to be saved, because I honestly believed we were going to die within the next 24 hours. God is a rescuer. I just have this belief that I believe there was somebody somewhere that was praying for two missing women that had not found their bodies, not found their boat, and God answered a prayer. I believe that. I believe that if you just keep, go deep down enough, that it could have been somebody that said my, my so-and-so, and it could have been a believer at work or anybody, but there only needs one person to start praying for them. I am asking you, to believe that regardless of what your husband's circumstances or wife's circumstances are, that you will believe that nothing, nothing is too hard. We are praying for miracles. Miracles of that God, as they sang so beautifully, about breathing into the dead of, the, of their heart and life is dead. Oh, Ezekiel 37 I've always got to, to me there, and he said, your marriage is dead, but I'm going to breathe life into your dead marriage. And I want you to believe that regardless if your spouse or child is on drugs or if they're in, into pornography or gambling or they have another woman or a non-covenant marriage, it does not matter. It matters that God has spoken to you multiple times, giving you promises from God, and to say, my word says, I hate divorce. 
God's word says that. It says it over and over in many places. What God has put together, let man, not man separate. And we want you to believe that God is a God of miracles, regardless of your circumstances. Rick said he's messed up, and he's learned how to control his anger issues. Yes, we're all going to have to change and be more Christ-like. But I'm asking you to believe that God can do anything and nothing, nothing is too hard. If you will get to that point in your heart and life, then you will not be tempted to have your eyes stray on a woman. Or your heart will not stray for a man. Or you won't take off your wedding rings and you'll keep them on to keep the vultures away from you that are looking for an affair that doesn't matter if you're married or not. I just want you for tonight. That's one night stand. You don't, you've got to understand that. This world is getting more evil and more evil. So when you put on this, this is saying, God, I'm, I'm put, Bob put these on, and what God has put them on, let not man separate. So we've got to say, in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart and my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Thanksgiving is here. Thanksgiving is coming. And we are going to, and if you um, have signed up for hiding God's word in your heart, you're going to be learning many scriptures of thanksgiving, of thankfulness. And I am challenging you that regardless of your circumstances, God wants us to be praising the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, and with thanksgiving, thank him for what we have for today. And you know what? Then we can pray for tomorrow, what we need tomorrow. May we believe God is going to answer our prayers. Psalm 106, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Our Lord wants us to stop murmuring, complaining, but he wants us to start thanking him for what we do have. Let's turn to um, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to give you four scriptures. Chapter 15, 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I know, I know that if you would just take that scripture, those few verses, and do a cross-reference, man, what are the scriptures going to say to you afterwards? And I'm going to take you to chapter 5, and it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm just going to, it's 
The whole chapter is good, but I'm just going to take you to verse 16. Well, actually, I'll go back to 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And you have to read that again. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire and do not try prophecy with contempt. Test everything, hold on to the good, and avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus the Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. And go to Luke 18 and read about the widow and how the Lord says, go to the just, unjust judge and you just keep praying and don't give up. So I'm saying to all of you that the Lord is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Prayer is the answer. Crying out and knowing that you are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let your circumstances defeat you. That's the devil's lie. That's the devil's lie. Believe and go to the Lord and say, what do you say, Lord? The Lord says, I can do all things. Nothing is too hard for me. I want you to understand. The Lord is your deliverer. He's your rescuer. And he's your rescuer for your husband, your wife, and your children. And for lost loved ones. Will you serve the Lord? Will you get serious about standing? And will you be a lighthouse wherever you're at? I pray. That's why I, I said that at the beginning. Is be a lighthouse. Be a light, shining light into this dark world. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.